You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 64 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today we are joined by Patrick Joyce, Director of Business Development at Fullcast. He is a content creator on LinkedIn. He is somebody who's passionate about this sales profession, and he has an incredibly interesting point of view. He started out in a different career altogether than sales. He was a teacher. He then left the teaching profession, became an insurance analyst, and then finally somebody told Patrick something that I think and he, ta- he talks about this in the episode, kind of knew all along, but that he was great, would be great in a sales role. So Patrick is a true practitioner and, and has a very unique point of view. If you can't listen to the entire episode right now, I'm going to serve up a snack break sales tip, some really tactical advice about prospecting on LinkedIn. Listen up. Using LinkedIn to try to get meetings and using video on LinkedIn. So there's like a couple of different channels and like, I'll get tactical about it too, because, um, you know, you find your decision makers, you find the people that you want to go after and you have this list of accounts and there's, you know, usually like one or two, maybe three to five people that you're looking at from the account. My advice is take that account and connect to everybody that works there. Like Mm. if you're selling to sales, connect to the reps, connect to everybody that you can. Because sales reps connect with each other and sales reps hang out on LinkedIn. And yeah. then uh, use some kind of video software. Like uh, I use Drift Video. I'm wearing the t-shirt right hey, now. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Drift Video, is, it's a free app. You can screen share with it and talk over it and push your content out onto LinkedIn after you've connected to those people. So say you get, you've got a list of 50 accounts. Find every, everybody that you can connect to um, and you don't have to put them all in your CRM, but just find everybody that you can connect to and uh, the relevant people that are a little bit further up in the chain, if they accept your connect request, send them a video and a DM. And for the rest of the people, just push your content out onto the, uh, just onto the feed. And then that way they've heard of you and it's the job gets a lot easier. If 15 people at the company have heard of you, yeah. And they've been talking about it and they've been saying, Hey, I saw this video on LinkedIn. And then you pick up the phone and call the person. It's like, Oh yeah, we, we saw you on LinkedIn like that. I mean, it's just so much of a warmer call than if, if it's completely, you know, just a cold email. Fantastic advice that you can literally go use right now. And that's why I love this interview with Patrick because he really breaks it down. He talks to us about his journey, what he learned along the way, the struggles he had, what he learned from those struggles, and how he applies it to his daily sales activities. Fantastic episode, episode 64. Without any further ado, Patrick Joyce. Enjoy. All right, guys. So here we are, the Let's Break podcast, and I'm absolutely fired up about my guest today, Patrick Joyce. He's joined me for episode 64 of the Lunch Break podcast. And Patrick and I connected on LinkedIn, like 99% of all of my guests on this podcast. But, you know, one of the things that I love about what Patrick's doing on LinkedIn, well, first of all, he's one of the 1% of people that actually creates content. 
let's just put that out there, right? There's a very, very, very small percentage of people that are at, that are on LinkedIn that are contributing to the community. So just for that reason alone, I'm excited to have him here, but he's also a sales practitioner. So uh, Patrick, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I've been checking out a couple of the episodes and obviously I've seen you around. You're one of the content creators too. So, you know, there's, there's a, a group of us there. I'm, I'm totally happy to, um, you know, hop on here and, and chat a little bit. Yeah, man. And we, we uh, are going to get into some interesting spa- spaces just because I know kind of just from the content that you put out and kind of who you are, but uh, let's just start where we always start on this podcast and, and tell us how you got started in sales. Yeah, um, definitely a roundabout path. I think a lot of people um, have a, a similar trajectory where it wasn't necessarily the first thing they tried to do. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start at the beginning where um, I was a teacher. I was a high school math teacher for four years and I wasn't, it wasn't a great career for me. Like I wasn't a great student in school um, and that sort of translated to my teaching ability as well. Just like keeping track of everybody's assignments and like all, mm. all that kind of stuff. But getting in front of the room and explaining something technical was something that I loved to do. Like just connecting with the audience and like trying to, trying to build out lesson plans feels very similar to like trying to build out a demo or build out a discovery call or something like that. Absolutely. So there's a ton of skills to transfer, but I didn't go directly from teaching to sales. So I, uh, I left teaching and I had a lot of math skills and I tried to get a job in insurance as an analyst um, because there's, okay. there's like a lot of st- like statistics and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. again, like sitting in the analyst chair, uh, I did that job for six months before I quit because that wasn't for me either. Like I'm a people person, like I need to talk to people and I was talking to the vendors all the time. I was like picking up the phone and calling people all the time and like just, just doing stuff that analysts don't really do. And part of my job was to, was to talk to um, all the sales reps for the insurance companies. And like, I remember just having coffee with one guy cause they're all trying to get me to put them on the spreadsheet, you know, on, mm-hmm. in the proposal. So they would take me out to coffee or buy me lunch or whatever just yeah. after a couple of conversations, this one guy sat me down and he was like, man, you've got producer written all over you. Like you, mm. you would be good at this. Like, this is, you know, like this is something that I think you could do. And like the brokers in the office, like they were the guys that had offices and they had, uh, uh, you know, a big paychecks. Like, you know, they <laughs> were making a lot of money and it seemed like they were just having a lot of fun. And I'm like huddled over a spreadsheet all day. It was like, this is, I, I got to do something different. Yeah. So I started asking questions like, how'd you get started? And they were like, well, we pounded the phone, you know, we made a lot of, a lot of cold calls and that's what you have to be able to do. And you should probably just start there. So in my spare time, like on the weekends and evenings or whatever, I was selling life insurance from my house. Mm-hmm. I like found a couple um, uh, avenues to do that. And uh, just made a lot of dials. And like, I had this one guy that was like kind of mentoring me and he was like, yeah, just make 200 calls a day. And like, I mean, and I was calling like frozen leads, like never mind cold, like frozen leads. That people on the weekends? That, on the week, on Saturdays. And yeah, you know, just like, <laughs> just, just trying to get good at it. And yeah. once I got good on the phone, I uh, went to, I, I got another job at an insurance company and it was like more of like a full-time gig. Um, yeah. So I was like, 
I wasn't making a ton of money there because it, it was commission only and it was a lot of hard work and like going from business to business. Like I was, you know, doing all kinds of different stuff and I was driving Uber to try to supplement that. And yeah. I got tired of doing that. Like, and I got some really good skills on the phone. I was like setting up meetings at businesses. Uh, tech industry was a natural fit. I live in Seattle. Um, and I was like looking on LinkedIn basically, and there's like a ton of open sales rep jobs. So I applied to, I, I honestly, I think I applied to two jobs and I got one of them. So I walked into a startup, 50, 50, they had, they had funding they, there was like scooters in the office and like kombucha and LaCroix <laughs> in the fridge. And I was like, this is going to be great. You know? And I had a, <laughs> a paycheck and I had already like been crushing dials for my house and yep. I was a little bit older. I had done a full time, you know, I, I'd been a teacher. I had a career before that. So it, yeah. honestly, like I, I've told this story in a couple different shows, but like I, I hit quota on my second day on the phones, like just <laughs> absolutely just cr annihilated it, just crushed it, you know? And, I love it. And it never really looked back and I'm like hitting the gong and like, I was like, mm. dude, this is, this is it. Like I found it. I found my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Cause yeah. you get so much recognition and like, yeah, making commission and just, and, and just, you know, feeling really good about it. So that's, that's pretty much how I got my start. I love it, man. And, and it's so funny when you break the mold of what a typical SDR looks like. And you come in with this wealth of experience with things that aren't even directly related to the job, or at least on the surface, don't mm -hmm. seem to be directly related to it. That's why it, folks like you who are coming to this role later in their career, it's like a treasure trove of experience and just things that that enhance that performance and obviously that was the case with you so how much like when you got in there you know you see the scooters the kombucha is flowing <laughs> every you know the pet i'm sure there were vests involved you know some oh, sort of you know some oh, yeah. winter Huff wear vests yep yeah yep absolutely um how soon did you realize like okay, all of the shit that I've been doing and the crazy way that life has led me through to being here in this seat is giving me a leg up in this role, right? I mean, because you yeah. knew you were older. You knew that's not typical for the role. How did that affect your mindset? And what was that realization like? Like, oh shit, I'm really killing this thing. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly, it was very, very tough at first because mm -hmm. I, was in, I was on a team of nine and I was the oldest one and it was all a younger crowd. And they kind of like paraded us around the office and introduced us. And it just felt very much so like I was the low man on the totem pole, which is very, yeah. very difficult coming from like being a teacher where well, you're like one of the most respected people in the building, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you're telling people to, not to run hey. in the hallway for Christ's sake, you know, literally, <laughs> you know, writing hall passes, like telling people what they should and shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, like I'm role reversal and I'm, I'm the student and listening to a manager tell me what to do. That's like the same age as me. So, I mean, it was just, it was very tough at first, but mm -hmm. almost immediately I realized that just like you were saying, all, all the life experience um, kind of added up to me being able to, to crush this. Like um, it, the, the vertical that I was in was insurance and I had just come from selling insurance. So I was calling 
at the tech company, I was calling on insurance agencies. So I kind of like <laughs> knew what to say to them. I, I knew what they were looking at. I knew what they were trying to accomplish. And like the software that I was selling, like I knew which kind of pain that it could alleviate. So just, I mean, it just clicked like almost immediately. And just the ability to like work really hard and grind things out. Like the, the younger people on the team were like, you know, I mean, it was very hands off. Like it was very like easy management style where it's like, you kind of just do whatever you want, show up and make your dials and like, let's see how it goes. But I was like, I'm going to stay until six, seven thirty PM and build out this list and make sure that I get those meetings set because I was coming from a position where I was commission only. And I was like, like just dying to get a meeting just to get in front of somebody. And I had to close the deal too. So this, it honestly just felt like easy mode. Like I wasn't selling insurance anymore. I was selling software and it, it just, it, it was just like, like it, it all fell into place. Like kind of all at once, like in the first or second day, yeah. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. That's fantastic. And and kudos to you, man, because I think a lot of people coming from the role you were coming from, commission only, you know, trying to set appointments, then having to go close it, and literally not eating unless you close something yeah. to a really compared to that, quite a cushy sales job not to let your foot off the gas. Because a lot of people would be like, oh, I made it right? I can collect this little salary. They're paying me a salary just to show up. Yeah. I can just kind of show yeah. up and everybody else seems to be kind of la like, not lackadaisical maybe, but just like content with doing the status quo and nobody's breathing down my neck. So, you know, I think that that mentality to say, to, to, to not get complacent is the difference maker, right? And because you definitely I, have that yeah. opportunity to say, oh, all right, I can relax a little bit here. I'm just like, even if I just show up, I'm 80% better than the rest of everybody. Right, right. But I think, you know, where it came from was like, you walk through the hallway and there's like plaques on the wall of the people that had done really well. And mm. that recognition is something that I was starved for because I had been a teacher and I was, yeah, you were at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. You were looking and for that to way prove to prove myself. Yeah. Yep. I needed yep. to prove myself. I was like, I'm going to slam dunk. Like this is, it's, it's on like, this is, yeah. you yeah. guys are going to know who I am. Like, this yeah. is it. You yeah. know? And I was just like relentless about it. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, it's almost, it's kind of like a, a movie almost where the, the, the old guy joins the team and everybody's kind of skeptical. And then he's just draining threes. You know, yeah. and he's just got a money shot, you know, he's just so good. And everybody's like, whoa, holy shit. Um, yeah, that motivation. I, I mean, I can completely relate, right? I mean, I, I came into my first business development role, SDR role when I was 28, right? I'd spent like seven years doing other stuff, you know, uh, mm -hmm. full cycle sales, management, all of that. And, and my boss was like three years younger than I was. Yeah. And he was in a role higher than I was and knew way yeah. more. And so that talk about what that did to your ego and how that helped you going forward. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was definitely um, one of those things where you walk in there and like, you just, you feel like you have to prove yourself because like, it definitely bruised my ego. Um, and it, like, you know, I had my manager was the same age as me. And I think it it continues to be something 
that drives me. Like even today, you know, like I'm still building up my career. I'm still learning. I'm still adding skills. Like I'm still absorbing everything. But I I mean, like uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But like that, that mentality of just like, just outwork everybody and Mm. things will fall into place. So I read constantly still like, and it's and it and it comes from that that ego place. Like that's that's what like one of my main motivators are. Like to just get up every day and try to do this job and just like eat the rejection because it's not as bad as some of the other stuff that I've had to do. It's not as bad as selling life insurance, you know, showing up to places and just what you know. It's not yeah. like I did some physical labor jobs. I worked on a garbage truck outside for two years. Like you know, you yeah. know what I mean? It was like real dude, shit. I, I'm inside in a building, like, you know, the kombucha is flowing, like all that stuff. It's like, there's snacks here. Like we're good. We're all good. You know? So I'll stay here till seven thirty, No problem. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, that's definitely like something that drives me is, is my ego. And it's, it, it's something that, um, is almost like a character flaw that I have this ego, but I, I try to flip it around into like just motivation and turn it into a positive, you know? Absolutely, man. And I, I would argue that any, you know, any quality that we have as humans, right, is, is double-sided. There's two sides to mm-hmm. it, right? There's a side that could feed into it positively. There's a, a side that could feed into it negatively, especially when you start getting into like obsessive levels of commitment. It, it, it's hard to grapple with. And those extreme things that provide that energy to really do the work because it's one thing you could read a bunch, you could watch all the videos in the world, but you might just still be ending up on your couch at the end of the day, chilling. Right. I mean, and you might be just making yourself feel good that you're reading or watching the latest daily V or whatever. Right. But Mm -hmm. to me, it's that gear that you have, where it's like, I'm going to really turn this on because A, I have perspective of the shit that I've already been through and the things that I've had to do and that layer of gratitude that I think is just an absolute game changer with folks that have not gone from college right into a nicely referred first sales job and Mm -hmm. work their Mm -hmm. way up to a director level by the time they're 27. You know, I mean, for those of us that didn't have that path, it's like very it's such a secret weapon, that layer of gratitude. And I love that you also continue to have a learner mindset, right? I mean, so talk to us about kind of what you're doing now, how that early success led to what you're doing now and how you're continuing to kind of develop your craft. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So I, I did, um, the job for about eight months as an SDR and then a recruiter hit me up because, um, there was this small startup that I'm working for right now called Fullcast, and they were looking for somebody to kind of just spearhead business development. They were looking for an A player that had some experience and the fact that I was a teacher stuck out to them. So again, like it all just started to fall into place. Like <laughs> the, the teaching on my LinkedIn profile and on my resume, like jumped out at them and they said, Oh, he actually has experience in a sales role at a tech company, he knows how to use Salesforce. He's been calling on businesses, like, you know, hitting his numbers and stuff. So it, it just, it turned into a perfect fit. And, and now I'm, I'm learning I mean, sales is one thing, but now I'm learning about 
um, business operations and sales operations and how, and I'm talking to like enterprise clients and, and just, you know, I continue to learn every, like every week that goes by, I become closer and closer to like, um, being able to speak to some of the business problems that those companies are in. And, and there's my analytical mindset. Like that's, that's where the other part plays in. Like I was a math major. I had done all this statistics and stuff and like, just, just looking through data and like, um, you know, talking to Salesforce junkies, it's like, I mean, I can speak their language, you know? So yeah. it's like, it all just kind of it added up together. So I'm, I'm trying to learn two things. One is what's the best way to, to break into new business in the particular market that I'm going after. And two, mm -hmm. like, what are those people doing with their time every day? Like, like how do you, what are the pains that they're feeling and like, how can I try to solve them? I love it. I love it. And I love that you, you took, took an, uh, an opportunity to step into the type of role where you do get to spearhead some things and really, I mean, you took a job where there's lots of parts of it. You just don't know about what, yeah, hell yes. That's mm -hmm. so fantastic. I mean, some uh, um, uh, former company that I worked for, one of the co-founders told me, he's like, what you need to start doing is start going places where you can learn things and you need to start taking jobs and raising your hand for stuff that you don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. That's the quickest way to, to shorten the growth gap, right? Or, or however you want to think about it. And I, and I love, I love to hear that, man. You know, you, you, um, it's funny how the stars align, right? You just, yeah, you take a step, you, you give it your all, you dive all the way in and then poof, another door appears, right? And then you walk through that thing and then you're doing the same thing there amplified. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it was something that I was craving too, because, mm -hmm. um, at, at the first company in the SDR chair, I actually helped like develop the cold calling script. I, uh, came You're up already with my doing own, it, my own email sequence. Like, and I was like, well, you know, the, the one you gave us doesn't work right. Like we should do it like this and just adjust. And I'm like strategizing, sitting down with the manager and like getting stuff approved yeah. for marketing and just like, just really trying to build it out. But mm -hmm. there, like, uh, there wasn't enough room for me to it, like grow as fast as I was growing in that place. So yeah. like full cast was perfect for me because I was starting with a blank slate. Like I, I was building it out from, um, you know, what I knew and just getting to try different things and experiment. And the amount of learning that's happened on like a daily basis, a weekly basis is just incredible. Like I iterate the emails like every day, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'll clone my sequence and like tweak it up a little bit and then start new people in there and like AB test stuff. And just like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm never satisfied. It's, it's never clean enough. You know, I'm, people talk about like the, the Pareto rule where, mm. um, you know, 80% of your outcome comes from 20% of the activity. So it's, it's just yep. like trying to drill down into that 20%, figure out like what worked, uh, and cut the rest and just iterate that over and over again. And that's, it's like, it, it's kind of like a perfect storm, you know? Yeah, no, I love it, man. And it's fantastic work to be doing, right? I mean, it's, 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 uh, a win-win kind of across so many different categories for you, for the company, for your customers, as you kind of continue to go down this journey. Um, you know, what's one 
sales tip that you would give the audience that they could use when they get done listening to the episode? Um, you know, something that that's actionable from kind of your learnings. Using LinkedIn to try to get meetings and using video on LinkedIn. So there's like a couple of different channels and like, I'll get tactical about it too, because um, you know, you find your decision makers, you find the people that you want to go after and you have this list of accounts and there's, you know, usually like one or two, maybe three to five people that you're looking at from the account. My advice is take that account and connect to everybody that works there. Like mm. if you're selling to sales, connect to the reps, connect to everybody that you can. Because sales reps connect with each other and sales reps hang out on LinkedIn. And yeah. then uh, use some kind of video software. Like uh, I use Drift Video. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Drift Video is it's a free app. You can screen share with it and talk over it and push your content out onto LinkedIn after you've connected to those people. So say you get, you've got a list of 50 accounts. Find every, everybody that you can connect to. Um, and you don't have to put them all on your CRM, but just find everybody that you can connect to and uh, the relevant people that are a little bit further up in the chain, if they accept your connect request, send them a video and a DM. And for the rest of the people, just push your content out onto the, uh, just onto the feed. And then that way they've heard of you and it's the job gets a lot easier if 15 people of the company have heard of you. Yeah. And they've been talking about it and they've been saying, Hey, I saw this video on LinkedIn. And then you pick up the phone and call the person. It's like, Oh yeah, we, we saw you on LinkedIn like that. I mean, it's just so much of a warmer call than if, if it's completely, you know, just a cold email. I love it, man. That's a game changer really. And a complete utilization of kind of now, right? Like working in today's world. I love it, dude. Um, last question I'm going to ask you, Patrick, what's your favorite place to eat lunch? Oh my gosh. There's a taqueria in Redmond around the corner from full cast, uh, taqueria Gallo. And it's just, it, it's just the best place, man. They have, uh, the homemade chorizo in there and oh. it's, it's incredible. Relax. Okay. Well, if I'm ever out <laughs> that way, I know where I'm going. Patrick, uh, thank you so much for stopping by, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, stay in touch with you, keep learning from you as you continue through your journey, man. Connect me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, Patrick at fullcast.io. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm an open networker. Anybody that wants to connect, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I would highly suggest it. Uh, every time Patrick posts something on my feed, I'm always excited to see it. And uh, I'm going to have to have him on again because we didn't get to address our love for hip hop and sales. And oh I think gosh. that's an entirely different conversation. Um, so look, Patrick, again, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to wrap up episode number 64 of the Lunch Break Podcast.